we've just come back from Africa, and I experience some dynamic things. Things that I didn't even know about. You know, I've suddenly realized that there is more behind the power of the cross than I ever realized. The cross is the most powerful demonstration of love and victory that the world has ever witnessed. Nothing in creation can come near it. No force can ever oppose it. Nothing can change it. It is eternal, life-changing, and victorious. It was only about four months ago that I began to understand the power behind the cross. And it all started to come together. And he led me to Genesis. And Genesis 1 verse 28 says, And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves upon the ground. You know, God created man to rule over the earth. God gave man the earth to rule over. And then if we read Psalm 8, 4 to 8, What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over all the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. God actually made us ruler of the earth to be only subject to God and his love and to be in complete control over all God's creation. What went wrong? We all know that Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Genesis 3, 13 says, Then the Lord said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The devil deceived Adam and Eve to give to him, Satan, all the dominion and control of the earth that God had given to man. All rule and dominion that man had over the earth up to that time had now been passed into Satan's hands. And John 14.30 says, I will not speak with you much longer, for the prince of this world is coming. Jesus was talking about Satan, the prince of this earth. Or 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Or Ephesians 2, 1-2 says, As for you, you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit which is now at work in those who are disobedient. Though God is so much greater than Satan, he cannot stoop to satanic methods in order to take back dominion from Satan 
and give it back to men. As Matthew 8.29 says, What do you want with us, son of man? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? So what did God do about it? He cannot stoop down to the level of Satan. He had a greater plan. John 3.16 For God loved the world so much that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Hebrews 2.6 says again about what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor. You put everything under his feet. In putting everything under him, God left nothing that is not subject to him. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to him. But we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor, because he suffered death. So that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. So now what did Jesus dying on the cross result for us? Matthew 8, 26 says, he replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? And he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. When Jesus died on the cross, the first thing he did is took the power back from Satan to give it to those who believe, those who become born again of heaven. Amen. You know, the first miracle Jesus ever did was a miracle of creation. He turned the water into wine. He gave us Victory over creation. But we're not often taught that. You know, when I went over to Migori the first time, I went for one believer, Duncan. God said, I must go for one believer, so I went. I didn't know how God was going to do it, but he did it. They were sick, four people too sick to get to the market. They decided to give Jesus a try because they were in too much pain. Jesus healed all four. Those people ran to the markets. By 9.30, the little chapel was full. And another 70 people became Christians that day and another 38 were healed. And next morning, there's a queue of sick people outside our rondeau. And as we prayed for them, Jesus healed them. The crusade started at two o'clock by this time, People were coming down the hills from all over. And I spoke on believing God. And I said, has anyone ever thought to pray for rain in this devastating drought where there's already three of the community dead through lack of food? No one had. They didn't know about Jesus. And I said, would any of you like to receive Jesus in your heart as Lord and Savior? And 400 people rushed forward. And we led them to the Lord. I said, let's pray for a couple of minutes before you sit down. These people really began to pray. And then I found out why. Duncan came up and said, they are now praying for rain. They went to sit down and called the sick forward. 300 came forward. I said, Lord, how do you pray for 300? He says, I heal them where they are. So I told them to put their hand on their sickness or pain and receive their healing in Jesus' name. And suddenly there screams and squeals all over the place as people were healed. 
and then I began to pay for the sick. And within the hour, something wonderful happened. The clouds started to blow against them very long amounts of slopes. And the Lord sent rain within the hour. And as a result of that, the entire community became Christians, about 2,000 people in one hour. Only God can do that. And then I was over in Kenya in this April. And we had another experience where Jesus just moved in. We were right up in the hills of Kenya. We were having an outdoor crusade. We had spent quite a bit of money on the platform and banners and them, hiring all the microphones and things. And now the rain is coming. And I said, if the Lord wants that crusade to happen, then we can command the rain to stop in Jesus' name. So many people came rushing in the door. They said, we have seen something incredible. We saw the clouds turn round and yet there's no wind. <laughs> because of that, the entire village turned up to the crusade, which was in glorious sunlight. Again, Jesus had done it. And then when he also returned to that young man, his mother that had left 20 years ago, and he hadn't seen her for 20 years. He came, she came back the very next day. And there was such celebration in the village that the whole of the churches in that village are now unified and are reaching out to the lost together as one. Mm. Only Jesus can do things like that. <laughs> Matthew 8, verse 16. When evening came, Many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed the sick. There was this particular cripple. Uh, she had had a stroke some years ago, and she was walking like this with a lady on both sides, because she's totally paralyzed on the right side of the body, and she had not been able to speak for years because her tongue was also paralyzed. He's given us power over creation. He's given us power over the demons. He's given us power to heal the sick. John 11, 43 says, And when he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. We even have his power to raise the dead, if he tells us to. But I can give no testimony there. And then John 6, 39, And this is the will of him who sent me that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. Jesus has also given us eternal life. Jesus attained through the cross power over all creation and power to undo what man had brought upon himself in the Garden of Eden, Jesus. So how do we get the victory and power? It says in John 1, 4 verse 4, You dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. First, we have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now I want to read you a very interesting uh, verse from John 3, 31. He who comes from above is above all. 
He who is of the earth belongs to the earth, and of the earth he speaks. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard. Yet no one receives his testimony. He who receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God. For it is not by measure that he gives the Spirit. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. He who believes in the Son has eternal life. He who does not obey the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God rests upon him. What is it saying here? Born of earth, born of heaven. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, God said, in that day you shall surely die. The moment Adam and Eve ate of their fruit, they were cut off spiritually from God. To be born of the flesh only. So, before we become Christians, it is only possible to live on the earthly realm. Because we are only born of the flesh. But the moment we receive Jesus into our lives as Lord and Saviour, and get baptised in the Holy Spirit, we become born again spiritually of heaven. That is why we can say, Our Father, which art in heaven. Only Christians can call God our Father. And only Christians can get into the heavenly realm, up into the heavenlies, where God is. Because we have been born spiritually. That means that every Christian should be living in the heavenly realm, growing up into the heavenly realm. It's no use becoming a Christian and still living in the earthly realm, otherwise there will be no difference between us and the world. When we are born again, we are born again to grow up into the heavenly realm in Jesus. Does that make sense? For he gives his spirit without measure. So we cannot say, oh, he gives David Hathaway an enormous amount and Reinhard Bonker an enormous amount, but the rest of us only get a little dribble. No. He gives to all of us without measure. The only difference between David Hathaway and Reinhard Bonker and Benny Hinn and the other great men of God is that they spend more time in their heavenly realm receiving from God than they can live it. So what does it say to the rest of us? We need to spend more time in prayer, more time in the heavenly realm, receiving of his Holy Spirit without measure. And I tell you, it works. Because Jesus has made it possible through the cross. All we have to do is live it. There's no use just reading the Bible, closing it, and saying, I've done my duty for the week, I can do what I like now. Because then we shut the power up in here. And behind every sentence is the power of heaven. When we read it, we need to absorb it, let it become part of us, believe it, and live it. And then as we walk it, then the power of heaven becomes manifest through our bodies in power. In the name of Jesus, he gives us the authority of his name. And right now, I want to start praying for people.
How many of you, you know, it is a known fact that we only use our brains 5% of its capability. You know, it's the same spiritually. Most Christians are living below 5% of their potential in calling in Jesus. We can rise up to our full potential in calling in Jesus. How many of you want to rise up to your full potential in calling in Jesus? Maybe all of you do understand and just say a prayer. Lord, we just pray for all the churches, Lord, that they will wake up now, Lord. That they won't let the church be betrayed for, like for the 30 pieces of silver, for their comfort, lethargy, and compromise. But Lord, that you will use churches like this to really proclaim your word, that you are alive, that what you did on the cross is so, so powerful. And you can change this nation. You can bring revival here. And Lord, I just ask that everyone in this church rise up to their full potential in you, will avail themselves to you and the gifts that you have given to them. And do that wonderful job that you have given them to do, that only they can do. Jobs that if they leave it undone, it will remain undone. Because it's jobs that only they can do. Thank you, Lord, that every person here is so precious in your sight. That you want to do wonderful things through their lives. And you want to fill them with so much joy in serving you. Lord, I thank you for the joy you've given me since I've been serving you in this way. It's more, I would not swap it. I would never go back. Lord, I love it. Lord, the cost is so small compared to what you want to do in us and through us. Lord, I just ask you will set every one of us free in you, Lord, to walk in ways we've only dreamt of. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, I come to you as I am. I come to you as I am. Thank you for dying on the cross to forgive my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross to forgive my sins. Please forgive me. Where I have sinned against you. Where I have sinned against you. In thought. In thoughts. In word. In words. In deed. In deeds. In things left undone. In things left undone. Please come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Please come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. And those who also want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to say these words after me. And Lord. Please baptize me in your Holy Spirit. Please baptize me in your Holy Spirit. Thank you.